one thing that we didn't do last time was probably introduce ourselves because mm. when i listened to it i didn't even think about it but yeah i'm joel <laughs> i'm sitting here with my buddies right now and i'm pretty sure that they are more than capable of introducing themselves i work over here at uh can ba uh, and with frontier of change and we're talking <laughs> Joel, you quit, quit being so weird. Man. Just being weird. Just let it. Just okay. I'm just, trying okay. to be just, natural. All right. I'm trying to be just natural. Unbutton, but it, unbutton a button. Yeah. Just, well, if yeah, I get one, too, one more button. If <laughs> I get far, if I get too far down, then it looks weird. Okay. Then it's like, hey, that guy needs to button up one more. You want? Because there's a very fine line. Like there's like okay, and then like one more. Then it's like you get like almost some nipple action. Yeah. Like, like when you do you, stuff. Then you need a gold chain. Yeah. yeah. You don't got time to go find. And I got like maybe like one or two hairs that kind of that I can brag about. So I'm not even it doesn't it doesn't look good. It's not a good look for okay. me now. But anyways, so I'm Joel and we got Isaac here. Isaac Kested Mom, I'm Joel DeJesus, and then we got James Dominic Jr. And we're here having a conversation talking about how far my shirt is unbuttoned, <laughs> apparently. But um but yeah, um just got back from a trip to Point Hope. James has been there. You've been there, James. I've been there once, yeah, in 93, 94. Um, I think I was in 7th or 8th grade and I was playing basketball. Yeah, I was, I think I was there around the same time, but I was like in 4th grade, I think, mm -hmm. like 4th, 5th grade. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to, I think Mr. Oh. Mr. Lindman, maybe? Mm. He might have been the pr uh, principal at the time. That mm. sounds sounds right. I'm probably wrong. I don't, probably. I don't remember who was the... I remember flying in, because all the basketball games we play, it wasn't like getting a bus and drive to the next town. There was no roads out, so everybody at all your basketball games were on small planes, so the whole team would load up on a small plane, fly to the village, and then stay there for a weekend in the school, camping out, and then play the games and then fly back. But the first thing that struck me about Point Hope is we went in the middle of winter and it was dark like it is all winter. And right. flying over the town, and the first thing that you notice when you see it in the distance is that it's square. <laughs> yeah. It's set up in a square. And when yeah. you see it from the from the sky at night and you see the street lamps, the street lights, you know, the ones that they had there at the time, it was like very obvious, like, oh, it's a it's a square, everything is square here. But um, we landed the plane. I mean, the pilot landed the plane. We landed. We got. We landed on the ground, and this uh, this van pulls up. Fifteen passenger van pulls up, and it's got chains on the wheels. And then there's this other truck that pulls up, and there's a guy driving the truck. And then there's a guy in the back, standing in the pickup bed, and he's got this huge spotlight and this huge rifle strapped to his back. And he like they just both came up like a yeah. truck in a van just rolled just up rolled up to the plane as soon as we stopped ready oh, already good, going here. yeah UK yeah. you're here okay the basketball team's here so they, they line up the the guy in the truck and the guy in the back he's standing up he start he's scanning the the, the snow banks and the the area around the the landing strip with this spotlight and he's got his hand on his rifle like ready to throw it off and it's this huge huge rifle and uh, we're like what. What's that guy doing? You <laughs> yeah, know? And I, I'm nervous now. Yeah, we were like, what's with the elephant gun? Right. And um, he, he was like, oh, no, he's checking for polar bears. There's a polar bear in town. 
So yeah. uh, get in the van. <laughs> and then one of the people said, uh, yeah, you know, all the houses are elevated in the Arctic mm -hmm. because the permafrost, you can't build a strong foundation. Right. So that means a school. So everything was, you know, there's a gap um, from the ground to the everything. And they were like, there's a, uh, it's all fenced, but people were saying, there's an area around the school where it's not fenced and we think the polar bear's underneath the school somewhere. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a great, it's a great place for the polar yeah. bear. So, I mean, I, I, I was there, I don't know, three or four days and we played a lot of basketball um, and I didn't see any polar bears, but I, I guess there was one in town. I didn't see one. <laughs> he was hiding been, under the gym was, court. Yeah, yeah, it could have been one like listening to you dribble. Yeah, <laughs> he was waiting for you. Did I, you guys win? Uh, I don't, I think, we, we played three times, I think, and I think we won one of them, and they won the other two, because they had a, they had a really good team. Everybody was good that year. Uh, the girls were, the girls were beating us. They were, I mean, they were just, I think a couple of them went on to be All-Americans or something. They were really good. Yeah, when we were there, we were in the gym um, for, like, the last night of the Whaling Feast, and I remember, like, looking up at all the banners, and it's like, it seemed like every year there was, like, some championship that they had won like girls or boys or yep. it was pretty amazing yeah they take their basketball pretty seriously i mean lately though it seems as if it's become a little bit more lax and then you know kind of you know not as serious but mm -hmm. but they still yeah still like like it a lot up there yeah i remember being in the playing in the audience or playing in the game and then being in halftime and trying to walk back to the locker room and walking past the bleachers and people relatives who know me but i don't know them they're calling me into the stands hey come here and they're <laughs> and they you know tell me where they live we live go down here take a left right here <laughs> and then because they would say before you leave you got to come get a box for your mom and oh, i'd be yeah. like oh, okay yeah. i don't know these people they were just like screaming at the ref five minutes ago <laughs> but now they want to give me a box of food so i had to remember and, I was really surprised how many relatives I had. Uh, so your grandmother's from there, is that? My my grandfather. Okay. Yeah. He was born there, um, and my grandmother's from Notak. Yeah, we had a similar experience with directions in Point Hope. We called mm -hmm. someone to find out where one of Joel's friends lives, mm -hmm. and he's like, "Oh yeah." He's in the brown house next to the yellow house. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was of listening course. to, I was listening to Isaac, and well. When we first got there and we landed, there was, you know, the represent the Bering Air guy was yeah. there in his truck. And I guess they, they have like a shuttle, but it's like the elder shuttle now. And I... We, I, we were denied Yeah, access like I walked over there. I was like, are you guys... It's for elders. And I was like, okay. I was like, all right, I get it. And then, and then uh, I found one of my mom's really close friends, probably relatives, and they were there and... Uh, introduced myself and they were like oh my gosh yeah and i was like do you have a ride and their car was just full because they were picking up people and like no well there's that guy right there you know go talk to him his name's ron and he was the bearing air dude and he was picking up all the luggage that people had forgot and so he's throwing it in the back of his truck and then and then uh we get a ride with him and i'm like hoping that he knows like where we're going i was like uh, they're like where, where are you going i was like my uncle Elmer's house. He was like, okay, and like I was like, oh, okay. I was like, perfect. I was like, awesome. And then so when we didn't know where anything was, like on the drive back, I was telling him who I was and like, oh yeah, my buddy, you know, this person, my buddy, that person. And they're like, oh yeah, he's still here. Like his house is right over there. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, he's still here. His house is right there. 
And then so one day we were, I was like, oh, man, I don't know where his house is, though. And then I was like, call Ron. I was like, he probably knows where it is. He was like our buddy over at Bering. <laughs> and, yeah, sure enough, we called him. We found his house. But that was the directions we got. Yeah, it's over by the yellow house, kind of in the center of town by a brown house. And I was listening to Isaac while he's saying that. He's writing it down. He's like, by yellow house. And I was like, we need more directions than that, Isaac. I was like, get more specific. Like, what else is next to it? And he's like. With a connex outside. <laughs> I was like, oh, great. I was like, all right, we have two. All right, let's go look for it. And, I mean, we did find it. and It, it was actually, like, the best way to find it. It was, yeah. yeah it was once we obvious. got out there, it was like, once you start looking around, you're like, there's no other brown houses next to a yellow house with a connex outside around here. So this one has to be it. And But... We did find them, but but yeah, that's how directions are a lot over there. Yeah, everybody just kind of knows where everybody's house is. Yep. But it's like yeah, streets. Like no, nobody <laughs> uses street names at all. But yeah, as far as getting getting food to bring back, oh, it was the last day when we were there. Was when everybody was you know stopped by my aunt's house and stopped by you know all these people's houses and all of a sudden we had to like in Kotzebue we had to find a tote because we had it just in a box from Point Hope to Kotzebue and they're like hey yeah you're gonna have to put that in like a cooler or a tote or yeah. like or Black a freezer box, box. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. but then we, but before Kotzebue didn't we stop somewhere too. We stopped in Kivalina. Yeah. Okay. I didn't yeah. even. I've never been to Kivalina okay. before. Wow. And that was like a. That was just like a stop and go. It was like stop. All right, everybody, grab your muck tuck, get off, and then like we took off yeah. again, like shortly right after. Like two yeah. pe- two people got off, but like so many totes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All the totes, just so many. Like people, like a lot of people. A lot of people were there. I think like, some people had like missed a flight, or like some luggage was going early for a different flight, or something uh, like. Yeah. Not all that luggage was for those people who got off right there. Yeah. Right. And I was, when I was really young, we we took a snow machine ride from Kotzebue to Kivalina because I had some fam- We had some family there at the time. Hmm. But um, that was a long haul. I can't remember how long that ride was. But when Obama was here recently, um, last year. That was one of the places they flew him over. They didn't stop in Kivalina, but that was one of the places that was that is on the forefront of relocation because of climate change. They're on a you know peninsula, a spit of land. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a smaller version of Kotzebue, or it's 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 you're on a you know a coastal spit of land. It's um, th- surrounded three sides by water, but they have it really bad in Kivalina, where it's er- eroding so fast that. Mm-hmm. They're actually looking to relocate the whole village as like in some other Western villages. Um, but they flew Obama over and there's photos of him like looking out the window, checking it out. And, hmm. uh, I did notice that about Kostovu and Kivalina is that mm-hmm. they are kind of like surrounded by three sides of water mm-hmm. there. I was like, man, like we're like we're flying and like I see to my right just a bunch of water. And I was like, oh, look, we're going to land right here on the edge here. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wow, I never, never really. Yeah. Paid attention to that. Mm-hmm. Kivali is almost like, you know, the kind of unfortunate poster child for a lot of the like climate change yeah. coverage of Alaska. There's like a book that's been written about Kivalina. Mm-hmm. And when we were first like, so our project, we were like wanting to portray, one of our goals was to like go to a village and kind of portray what it's like to live in a village that's kind of on the edge or on the front lines of change. And at first we were like calling around and it seemed like some people had already, were already, t- already tired of journalists coming in and trying to tell this story you oh, know, yeah. and 
that are like uh, Kivaluna. I don't think is a household name necessarily outside of Alaska, or it might be. But then other ones like um, uh, New Talk and Shishmaref, I think, are also kind of in that same boat. Like those yep. are definitely not household names in the lower 48. But up here, they're like, oh well, the Huffington Post was just here, and Al Jazeera was here the week before, <laughs> yeah. and. Um, the, the as and that the Alaska Teen Media Institute, um, they it was like this you know group of kids that produces media um, mm-hmm. in Anchorage, but f- they have clients all over the state, and they were saying that they were actually hired to, uh, to make um, like a guide for journalists for like what to like how to go to a village and like oh, what God. to do because oh, wow. like, it's so much and right. like they're like. It's kind of taxing the resources. Just of the they just start there. handing you DVDs. Like, hey, can we ask you some questions? I hear, I recorded everything <laughs> already. Like here it is. Like yeah. 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 Like here's no. a flash drive with wave files. <laughs> right. Here's my stock answers. Yep. Take them. Get yeah. out of here. Yeah. Yep. Oh, crazy. What'd you do with the beluga? That's what I want. To know. That's, <laughs> that's my favorite. Hand over the beluga, Joel, right now. No one gets hurt. How do you uh, how do you like beluga? What do you? Um, I I like boiling it. I think traditionally that's just I've never had it like frozen before. There are people who do it, but it's just the way is just to boil it. Yeah, and then um, I boil it for a while, a lot longer, um, just by like an hour or something. Um, kind of a slow rolling boil, and then I, I cut that the top big chunk of um, blubber off the top. Just leave a little bit on. Mm-hmm. And then take the the bottom white skin mm-hmm. off, so it's not it's not the chewy part. Oh yeah, yeah. and then cut it in tiny little pieces. And I make I usually get a size about the size of a bar of soap. That's about as much as I can handle because it's so rich. My mouth is watering right now talking about it. <laughs> and then I I chop it up I chop it up into these little pieces that are about the size of a candy corn. And I dip that in the most traditional thing I can, which is French's mustard. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he re- yeah he thought you were gonna say something else. Yeah, it's <laughs> like fifty seven no. sauce. No. Yeah, no, not that. No. That's that's strictly for Ugruk and yeah. like walrus. Yeah, that's that is for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, it's I, a thing. I didn't say it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is that is true. And then you save your um your Lee and Perrin's Worcestershire. Sorry, am I yeah. saying that right, guys? Am I have. I saying, who I'm knows? I'm not quite sure. I don't think anybody ever says it right when they say not it. But then. Everybody confidence. knows what you're talking yeah. about. I like, intentionally mispronounce it because I don't. I'm just like worse, <laughs> right? I didn't even try it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there there could be a whole section on just the condiments that we uh, adapted, and uh, as Inupiaq people, we have we've had we've co-opted, <laughs> and we we have cultural appropriation of these condiments that we use to eat raw food. Um, and it's part of our, I don't know what it is. I don't know how it became a part. Like, I don't you knew know what either. I was going to say. Right. You knew I was going to say right. French is mustard. Right. Mustard, it yeah. has to be. Yeah. It has to be. Sometimes I have it with the boiled muktuk, too, though. And yeah. Like, sometimes I have yeah, it with that, that that's too. good. It's always good with that. And there was soy sauce and some of the mikiak that... Yeah, yeah so they've there's like there's been more I've been noticing a lot more contemporary adaptations of using traditional foods lately. Like there mm-hmm. was that salad that I remember that we had. Like mm-hmm. they've been making a lot of salads like with mukduk, panik duck, muktak mm-hmm. and like a lot of things. And they're adapting them into a lot of cool, you know, dishes now mm-hmm. lately and it's really cool. But yeah, traditionally, yeah, French is mustard with <laughs> With with boiled beluga, it's 
goes hand in hand. And then 57 sauce, like more with of the meat, the boiled meats, mm-hmm. like that, like raw onions. I remember having that back in the day. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, we were just talking about that the other day in our other the other episode recording. One it, yeah, this. episode one, zero zero one, and then uh, we were talking about it, and I forgot we were joking about something about uh, having it with whatever, and we heard a beep in the room. I don't know for some reason. It's a temperature alarm because it's so hot in that room. Is that what it is? Yeah, like all yeah. of a sudden out of nowhere, there's just a large, like loud beep, and you could hear it in the recording on the playback. But then Isaac was joking around. He was like, "Oh." You know what that means, Joel. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what? I was like, what? And he was like, well, today this broadcast has been brought to you by. He's like, it's time for all of our. Gotta thank our sponsors. Uh, thank all the sponsors, and we're like, Heinz Fifty Seven sauce. It goes great with Ugru. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Let's get, let's, let's get those yeah. guys in. Yeah. A special like uh, advertising campaign for the North Slope. <laughs> you know what? I don't. Th- I don't think they'd be. Uh, just. I'm just. Having a guess, I don't think they'd be too into it. I don't think yeah, they'd like maybe, the potential uh, <laughs> reach yeah, of that. I don't yeah, know. yeah, I'm not sure. But um, I don't know what other things about maybe start well, thinking about foods. Like what? So you were saying that you used when you were a kid, you used to eat uh, raw beluga on oh, the yeah. beach. Was oh that? yeah, I, that was the thing. Um, so when you're at home in the summertime in in Kotzebue, uh the sun doesn't go down pretty, you know, it's just, you know, it's just light all the time. And so these beluga whales are following the fish up these two, the two main rivers, the Notak River and the Kobuk River, which both uh, drain and empty into the Kotzebue Sound. These whales are coming through and um, the, the hunters that know how to get them either are shooting them and then harpooning them or they're actually, back when I was a kid, they would build nets. To, could, to catch the belugas? To, to catch belugas, and they would oh, only... Wow. So if you ever fish and you have, you know, the, the, your top line is called your cork line, and then your bottom line is called your lead line, mm-hmm. but they would make nets only with lead line about the size of... you. They'd use lead line on, and build nets about the size of a beluga, and they would uh, go out and um, set them out where they kind of knew where they were going to be. And then once they saw this massive thrashing out, then they would, you know, go out there and spear them or whatever. But, um, when I was, when I was young, we'd go across the bay from Kotzebue to a traditional fish camp that a lot of people would go to who were inland, uh, in, you know, natives from the inland, from the trees, from Notak and from Kivalina, we'd all kind of end up on the beach and it was all, uh, everybody would be on the beach for the summer because there was wind and there was no mosquitoes and it was the <laughs> beach and you could swim and there was fish and seals and belugas. And it's like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense than staying back where we we live in the winter mm-hmm. because it was just full of millions and millions of mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. So my Tata, my, I'd go there with my great uncle and he would show us how to fish me and me and all my, my boy cousins and my brothers. But he would tell me when he was a kid, they they still have them there across in, in Nuvarok and Sisolik. They build these towers out of driftwood, and they're really janky and scary. But they're like they just it's driftwood. They build these and they they you know send a young kid up there, and they they go and they look for beluga, to see their spouts coming way far away. And once mm. they see them, they would leave the kids on the beach. The kids would be on the beach, and the, the ladies would go and get um, tufts of rabbit fur 
scraps of rabbit fur and they would cut them into pieces and give them to the kids and tell them to hide in the grass. And the kids would hide in the grass. And then the men would go out in their kayaks and go way out, way, and, uh, way out in between the beach and where the, uh, the, the beluga are going to pass. And then the women would go out in the omaks, the big, the big whaling boats, and mm -hmm. they'd paddle. And they would bring all their pots and pans and anything that would make noise. And these women would start making this noise right when the belugas were kind of in between them and the land. And the belugas kind of would get scared. And they'd start getting closer and closer to land. And then right when they'd kind of get close enough, the men would just zoom in on their kayaks as fast as they could, real loud. And these belugas would freak out. At mm. this point, they had no other way to go. And they would get so scared, they would beach themselves. Oh, wow. And once they beached themselves, they are just thrashing around, freaking right. out. The kids would come running out from the bushes and stuff that piece of rabbit fur into their blowholes. Wow. And just go from whale to what? whale to whale and just get like seven whales in one sitting. And they're already on the beach. Wow. So that was the most efficient way I've heard of getting it. <laughs> I mean, but we would see these hunters come home with the beluga and you could always see it because in the toe, you'd see this a, a white whale, 15 foot whale. And the tradition was the, as for kids, we would run and follow wherever that boat was going to beach. And the tradition for that hunter was he has to go out and pull that whale, pull the whale's tail around and with his knife, cut out little chunks um, from the from the back flipper. Hmm. That's, I mean, this thing is was just, you know, it's still wiggling pretty much, you know. But <laughs> right. you cut these chunks out of the back flipper and throw them to the kids, hmm. and the kids would just you pop in your mouth and you just take off running. But that was like any kid who came, you would have to give them some of the flipper. That was like the that was the deal, and the kids liked them because it was it was tasty, it was salty, and it was protein, but it was also really chewy, mm -hmm. and it would chew for a long time, almost the way like a, like gum would or something, but it's wow. it's actually really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Um, that was, that was the last, yeah, the, that's, I remember being, doing that when I was a kid. Wow. Yeah. That's quite an experience. Yeah. I don't even think that I've had beluga flipper before yeah i remember that though <clears throat> when we when we went to the sukalock the underground freezer over mm -hmm. in point hope travis has he brought us over to one and there was a bunch of the cut up flipper the beluga flippers and it was just sitting in there waiting for the feast so that they can you know hand them all out yeah and i was and i was thinking about it. i was like man i don't i, I was like i don't ever remember really really trying that or eating that before but but mm -hmm. yeah they cut it up and handed it out and i was like man i kind of wish that i had gotten some of it but yeah it's good yeah yeah they're beluga's a trip because they're the only whale that can move their neck hmm. you should think about it it's weird because because <laughs> when they pop out of the water sometimes they'll pop up of the water and they'll just like <laughs> turn and look at you and it's like it's and but the thing is they it looks like they have a permanent smile on their face <laughs> all the time always just the way it's just the way they're built it's the way they look they can't help so they'll like pop out of the water and like look at you and it looks like this spider you're like oh what a, i'm gonna eat you yeah, i'm gonna eat you <laughs> i'm yeah, sorry I'm sorry 
Uh, yeah, they're like designed to be cute because they're all white too. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. 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 Just cute and mm. delicious. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what else did I. I don't know. We did. I was on. Well, while we were in Point Up, I was on duty of boiling like all of the uh, innards of the whale. Oh, like the. Like the organs? Yeah, yeah, like all the organs, all uh-huh. the internal organs. I'd never, I don't know, did you, have you really, are you into eating like all of the heart and liver and... I haven't, oh, I, ha- I haven't had the, uh, I haven't been there while they had it. Right. Yeah, I'm normally far, I'm I'm not close enough to the source where I get the goods. <laughs> right. You know, I usually get the... <laughs> After it's been faded yeah. and sifted through, it slowly gets down it, to Anchorage. By the time, <laughs> by the pieces I get are normally where the harpoon hits. It's kind of got a little bit of red. It's not the choice, cut, but I will take it right. in a heartbeat and right. eat it and feed it to my, you know, to anybody who also have it, but... By the time it gets to me, I don't. It's not really. I'm not. I don't get the captain's cut. If you know what I mean. Yeah. It's more of the. Yeah. Uh, but hey, I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take. I will take it all. Yeah, it was. It was interesting. I've never. I've never been. I never been to the Kokorok where they did that. You know, cookout part, and and I was helping out my cousin boil all of the. All the ladies are sitting there cutting up. You know, the heart mm. and the stomach and all this stuff and and i was helping you know take boiling it and then taking what's cooked and then they distribute it to all the you know guys and the crews and stuff and i remember there was this really it was really crazy because i was looking at some of the stuff where i at first i didn't really care i was like all right what are we doing like all right pour that in there we'll put this here boil it i'll get the fire going like you know like just doing it and then when i started like looking at what i was like boiling i was like what is that cousin i was like what is that like oh that's i think that's a kidney and i was like i was like why is it i was like it was like well it's the whale's kidney it used to be humongous and i was like oh well that makes sense and then there was other parts of it though it was like some like 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 veins or like like heart like like Tubes. What do you call? Yeah, <laughs> just huge like tubes, like three inches like in diameter of these big tubes that are just on this piece of like hunk of meat. And I was just like, I remember I was grabbing it and I was throwing it like into the into this big vat of boiling water. And like I was trying to let go of one and like it got caught like on my <laughs> pinky. It was just hanging there by this huge like tube. Was I was like, whoa! I was like, blood used to run through that. I was like, I wonder what part of the whale that was. <laughs> but no, I'd never, I'd never had it before. But that was a, that was quite an experience. I like the, I like the whale meat, mm-hmm. like having it frozen and eating that. But never any of the, any of the organs before. Yeah. And we did try a, we did try oh, a yeah. piece that yeah. I chewed on for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. I don't know what did, what did you think of the food? Isaac me yeah like I'm curious like from your log me yeah. perspective yeah <laughs> I it, it was so funny when I ended up teaching him that word it was I was talking to my buddy and then he was just like I know Isaac is sitting there in the back and he was like I know what you're saying super proud I'm like yeah. I know what you're saying <laughs> like interrupt the conversation I was like I know yeah I told you yeah I was like I taught you I'm glad you know and but but anyway so yeah from your perspective what did you think um well i mean i'll eat anything mm-hmm. I mean, at least once so i was excited just to you know try something new um the the mickey 
I would actually have, I kind of would like to try that again. I, I, I dug that. That was like definitely kind of like briny and meaty and sour and bitter and just like nothing I've ever had. Right. Um, yeah. That's why, that's why I remember when you were asking me to describe how it tastes, I was like, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I'm not quite sure if there are any words in the English language that are going to be able to accurately <laughs> yeah. define that. And then the, um. I can never pronounce it right. Uvruk? Is that the, the the flipper on the second day? Oh, Uvruk. Uvruk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the hardest one for me as an outsider to get. Mm. It was like, because that ferments too. It's like a flipper that's fermented. Yep. And so I grew up in Maine um, and I've worked on a lobster boat. And the smell to me smelled like bait. Was it the kind of bait after it's been like so you you haul up a trap and you empty out the old bait which is herring that's been like soaking in brine for oh, like yeah. four days and it's kind of starting to rot, and the immediate thing that that brought to mind was that yeah. kind of like fermented fishy and I was like oh, <laughs> <laughs> your brain your brain said yeah, danger was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh. but uh, the, the organs I thought were were tasty for sure like yeah. kind of those were maybe more. Like similar to other stuff I've had, because like I've eaten, you know, hearts and livers before. Yeah, but not from whales, but from mammals. Yeah, and well, then the, the muktuk was really good. Yeah, I'd, I'd had it before, and I thought I didn't like it, but when we cut it up that night after we like got home and just cut it up just on the super fresh on the pilot bread yeah. on the pilot bread box yeah. on the kitchen table. Yeah, yeah he was he was Joel asking put some me salt on it. He was asking me. He was like he was like, all right, well, are we gonna are we going to try this? And I was like, yeah. And he comes over with a plate. And I was like, no. No. <laughs> like, nope. Yep. He was like, a cutting board. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, you know, totally like blew his mind. He was like, well, he was like, well, should I get a cutting board then? And I was like, nope. <laughs> I was like, we need, we need everything disposable. We need like a cardboard box. And he was like, well, what? I was like, why? And I was like, it's going to, we just do. And then like <laughs> after we did it and then after, and I remember we were throwing everything away. I was like, make sure you put everything like in a Ziploc bag or put it in another bag and throw it away yeah. and wash your hands and like all these things. And after we ended up having it was when he finally was like, okay, I get it. Like, <laughs> I see why yeah. that's done that way. Yeah. And Joel's like, you're either going to sleep really well. Or you're gonna get really sick. <laughs> yeah, that's what I don't know. I was like, you, I was like, if this is like one of the first times that you're having like you know native food, either yeah. you're gonna get sick and feel you know your body's not gonna be used to it, or you're gonna sleep like a baby. Like, yeah, it's either it's either or. Oh, and the seal that we had, I thought was really good too. Yeah, mm. that yeah. was good. I'm I'm bummed that that is in Valdez now too. Yeah. That would have been that. that would have been nice with see the fifty seven sauce yeah, would, and some raw look, onion like yeah, you were saying yeah I would oh, have yeah. looked forward to that but uh, but yeah well, that's cool did you guys get a chance to go to the old village like see the old sod houses yeah we walked to the old village I don't know if we actually saw a sod house we I did think go we passed a... I think we just didn't go to that old sod house that's there there's it's, like one yeah there's yeah. one that's yeah Steve I'm see, I remember seeing a picture of Steve being in it and uh, I'm pretty sure that it was just right past where it is that like a little bit further than where it is that we went because mm. we went all the way to old town site and looked at all of the old houses went over almost all the way over to the to the um beach there went mm. ended up seeing where all the sigalocks were and mm -hmm. some of them had actually been i don't know it might have been a sod house so some of them you could see were actually had been eroded like and becoming part of the beach now mm -hmm. and 
and that was that was really interesting and i think that's probably when i was thinking about it i remember we saw that super old truck oh, yeah. that was just yeah. chilling on the beach i was like how the heck i was like they must have like drove it on the beach and like got stuck but i was like that would have been so long ago and i was like oh and i was thinking about it because it was right next to where this like sod house had like eroded or the sugar lock and i was like i bet you it was where tundra used to be at one point mm-hmm. and it just became part of the beach and like only like just the top part of it is you know exposed now i was like dang i was like they keep talking about how it's always constantly eroding there and how the point gets further and further in and you know it's that very true we saw that firsthand over there mm-hmm. have you been to the old sod house Josh? i haven't no but even being inside the the sigalox is pretty cool yeah i, mean, I was surprised I in there and in there's there. like it's like held up by whale bones mm-hmm. you know it's pretty it really makes you think about it being the oldest or like one of the oldest is it the oldest it's well it's it's the they find the oldest artifacts in north america yeah. there. so they the scientists in their infinite wisdom have concluded <laughs> that it's the longest inhabited uh place in north america which i mean do you doubt that or well i i don't doubt it i think i don't i think it's where we've been there longer actually um, I think those are the ones they're just finding. Right, right. Um, I think that the, the to me it makes sense that they chose that area because of how much resources there are mm-hmm. to survive, especially the the Point Oper area, Kotzebue area. They're, they're, those were all we weren't we weren't put there by uh, outside source from mm-hmm. a colonial person or you know U.S. government telling us you have to move and go somewhere else. We were always kind of there, right? So we were there for a reason, and that reason is probably good food and good water. Right yeah, there. yeah, so. and it makes sense because yeah, you got the water right there, and then you can go inland to go caribou hunting and yep. whatever it is that you need, you know, that way. So yeah, that does make a lot of sense. Very, very practical area to yeah. be. And you were saying that a friend of yours whose last name means like woolly mammoth or something yeah or? the um there's a family called the um killing bucks and that that literally translates into woolly mammoth or mastodon mm-hmm. so the stories were that we would hunt them and eat them um and i only know this because my great my great great grandfather is the last great inupiat storyteller um and he has a book out called the eskimo storyteller that was written in 1964 and that was one of the stories oh, wow. that you can that you can find. That's um, I want to get that book now. It's uh, it's really interesting. It's a really, it's all short it's all short stories and it's all um, traditional stories and uh, it's it's really it's it's very much on the other side of what 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 Western society thinks is a good story or deems a good story like the like the good parts of the story I th- I don't know you just have to read it it's a trip it's a trip because right. there's a lot there's a lot of um, magic and there's a lot of going back and forth between the animal world and the human world mm, cool. so you have to have a little bit of a imagination to kind of uh, get it but being in the area and you've been up there You'll you'll kind of get it. You'll kind of see why the, these guys were thinking that way because the weather is so dramatic and so you know huge and ruled everything. That what was the what was that explanation? What's the only explanation? Mm-hmm. It's got to be otherworldly, or it's got to be a different you know entity or deity. But um, one of one of his stories was 
about how how Point Hope became to be and how they how it became how it became the town. The story was there was this there was this. Uh, uh, this is me just paraphrasing it and just like pulling it up from the back of my head. <laughs> but the story was this young hunter was out in a kayak off a beach and Point Hope wasn't a point at that point. So it was uh, it, right. You know, Point Hope Tikiuk stands for the the point finger. You know, the index finger. Oh. So before it was that, there was just the beach. Um, there was no point. And this young hunter was out in his kayak off the beach, and he saw this thing in the water, and he thought it was a whale. And he threw his harpoon, and he got it, and he was trying to pull on it, and he was like, oh, there's no way. So he had enough rope to just haul back to the beach and call everybody over, and everybody started pulling, like how they pulled the whale up. And it started pulling the land out, and it turned out that was the that whole area started just it became the point because they they pulled it out, and that's that's, cool. that's that was the story because they, they thought it was a whale at first, you know, and then but then that's how they hmm. they all learned they can pull real heavy things if they all did it together they hmm. can make something come up make something come wow. up. so that was like. That was one of the stories I remember him telling me about Point Hope or reading the book about Point Point Hope. But I, I could be way off. Right? <laughs> check that. But yeah, I'll have to check my sources. Yeah, okay. well, but, well, I like that version. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whatever version it was. <laughs> what was his name? Your grandfather? Great grandfather, like, you said? His English name is Paul Monroe, but his real name is Palangan. So that's why the missionaries named him Paul because his. Inupiaq name sounded so close to Paul because his name was Palangan. Uh. So they named him Paul. And then everybody in Kotzebue area, their last names were named after, we were all named after U.S. presidents. So if you go to the... Uh, uh, oh, Monroe, okay. Yeah, so if you go to the cemeteries in Kotzebue, and there's a lot, you'll, see, you'll find an Abraham Lincoln, you'll find a George Washington, you'll find a Grover Cleveland, you'll find U.S. presidents... <laughs> Buried in the tundra, <laughs> and it's a trip, man. It's like what? What we're like? We're gonna give you an American name. Like, what more American are we gonna get than we're gonna name you after presidents? You know, it's American as you can get. So, yeah. So it's, there's that's a whole, that's a whole different. I was just talking about this with uh, some of my uh, bandmates in Pamela. They were talking about um, the naming process and how it starts from the from the how it differed from different parts of Alaska. You know, and like how it differs from with the Yupik people. I mean, some of those some of those missionaries got really lazy down there because there there's people named Sugar, Coffee, Beans. They just started running last, out of things. Last, name last names, yeah. So, you know, that, no disrespect to those names, but it's, it's just funny how that you know that we got named and we go to the interior and a lot of you know the people in the interior just have first names for first names and last names. So, uh, it's just it's in, it's interesting. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like with last name Tom. Yeah, like in uh, like Mike uh, Mike kids are linked with Minto and so some of the people in Minto their last names are like you'll find like a Jimmy Charlie mm-hmm. Peter John yeah know, yeah you know Paul Silas they're all first names you know Samuel Johns there's Samuel Johns yeah there's that and he's at the Baskin and that's where they named the people after first names so and there's like a, a lot of Russian names you know out in the um in the Aleutian Islands right lots of Russian names they're still there yeah a lot of Russian names um, that um, 
yeah, and I, f- I forgot what the the clinket got. Um, the the, nits, the style and names are. Some of the stories from, I can speak from my region, some of the stories there where you get further inland up like the Kobuk area, some of the, the stories you'll read from the logs these people at the right was like, uh, this guy, he, I think he was just homesick. Like this guy naming, you know, giving us English names. And he, I think he was homesick or maybe one of the people reminded him of one of his friends, but he just started naming the people around him after his friends he grew up with in like <laughs> Chicago or something. So some of these, some of them are like, have really Midwesty kind of <laughs> slants to their names. But um, that's a whole different conversation, you know, that's yeah. a whole different. Yeah, yeah, definitely. A whole different deal. Yeah. How did we get here? Were we talking about food? <laughs> yeah. One from food to <laughs> good wide ranging. Yeah, but that, but that's what I guess that's what it's, what it's about. So Joel now has his shirt completely off. He <laughs> told him to take one button down. Now he has it all the way up. It got it was getting so hot. It was in just here. getting pretty hot in here. We're gonna it, have some the conversation. We talked about food and I just went. It just <laughs> yeah. made me so. You hot. Get, it was when the mustard started yeah. on mustard. That shirt. French's mustard. It was the meat sweats. He started getting yeah. phantom meat sweats. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's a thing. You can WebMD that today. Phantom meat sweats. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Phantom meat sweats. Yeah. So if I just sit here and think about Ugruk too much or caribou, I can just start just phantom meat I can see a sweat. few yeah. beads of sweat actually Like right, right on now. the tip of your real, real yeah. Indian yeah. style in your nose. Your <laughs> right. nose will start sweating it first. It has to come down from there. Yeah. Uh, Sweaty nose. I've never experienced that. <laughs> well, is there a, I think maybe a funny story from the village or something or something mm. that would be humorous to end. It would be kind of fun. Yeah, uh, think well, about, I don't it. Know, think like, about it. There's there's quite a bit of them, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, but one so, of the one of the more do you humorous, have one mind or? I'm thinking of one right now. That's why I called on trying to point yeah. it to you guys. Or maybe even for you, Isaac, when do we want to go to Point Hope? Like what was one of the things it is that was humorous or you thought was interesting that you thought was funny or Well Huh. I think well one thing that I thought was kinda of funny, I was listening back to the interview tape, it was um when I met your uncle Ira, mm-hmm. who was one of the whaling captains, he caught his first whale this year, and he wanted to know where I was from. And I was like, this is always an interesting question for me because I've, right. I've been living in New York City for the last seven years. But that, you say that, and that means something to people, and they're like, oh, you're a city guy. So I want right. people to know that I'm not like from New York. Right. So I, sometimes I say, well, I'm from well, really Maine. It's like, I'm from, from Maine. And there's like something about Maine that he found kind of funny. It was, it was weird. Yeah. He it started was... to explain like how the, um, on the second day when they, when they pass out the, uh, Og- Ogruk, uh-huh. um, that they call people by name. And then and they, he's like, oh, we'll give it to my relatives. And he's like, but I'm not related to you. And I was like, huh? He's like, I'm not from Maine. And he just like laughs for a minute. And then like I'm listening to a tape and like someone off mic is like, what's so funny? He's like, I was saying that I'm not from Maine. And he starts, he's like, oh. he starts laughing again. Uh, so that was, like, that was like, pretty funny, I thought. You're like, what's the punchline? Yeah, what's <laughs> right. so funny? And there's something about like, then he was saying like uh, how... I think he was referencing like whalers or something because yeah. he said something like, oh, you used to come up here or something like that. I don't know if he was thinking of like, I thought he was thinking about like Yankee whalers yeah, you know, that's who it. come from New England mm-hmm. up to up to Point Hope. That's it. Know. They did. all the, Yeah. They, Yankee whalers, Portuguese. They had Portuguese people with them. Uh-huh. Had, yeah, definitely. 
That's why some of those Inuks in Pueno got curly hair. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My mom keeps talking about all that all the time about that. You know, being partially Portuguese and mm-hmm. whatnot. I'm like, what? I was like, I thought she was crazy. I remember when we were younger. She was like, yeah, we're part Portuguese, and I was like, mom. I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm in your back. I was yeah. like, come on. But, but yeah. Then, then I remember getting older and uh, reading about that, and I was like, yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. The other thing that I thought was funny, which we could maybe edit this out if we don't, if we decide decide to change. Pretend it's too hot for the radio. But how much weed they smoke? Yeah. <laughs> no, you I, were I, not, I, you were I not told kidding. you, right? Yeah. I told you, right? <laughs> I told you it was like Snoop Snoop Dogg Willie Nelson style. Yeah, yeah, it was funny because I remember we were over at one of my my friends' house and like all of a sudden they're just like, oh yeah, we're gonna go. I was, I smoke a bowl real quick before we leave, and then all of a sudden like we'll go do something. It was like, okay, I smoke a bowl. Yeah, and then it was like, go do something else, yeah, and then like, and then pre- <laughs> I remember Isaac was trying to keep up, and I remember there'd be times where he'd just be like, oh, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> Yeah. It's just over there, like. Uh, well, they didn't. They didn't say let's smoke a bowl because that's not the like. That's joke true. That they use. They're that like let's true. smoke. Yeah. Right. And, and they smoke two smoke. bowls and two joints. Yeah. Right. Around that table. That's and true. Like, it wouldn't be just one. It's bowl. like I'm not. No. Like it I smoke, be, but I'm not yeah, going to okay. keep up with this. Like, <laughs> yeah. I told you, right? I warned you. I was like, yeah. hey, I'm telling you. I don't know why or how, but we've adopted this, <laughs> and we are gonna. We they're gonna smoke. I mean, it's. I don't. If you look at back at the artifacts from that area, a lot of the stuff you are very prevalent in that area, you'll find that um, you'll find pipes early on from Russian explorers. You'll find you'll find pipes. And so we there was this tradition of um, tobacco before this marijuana came. And uh, the um, you, you would always find and that was part of the culture. When if someone would come and visit, you would offer them food. I'm sure everybody offered you food everywhere you went. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, and it's, it's kind of bad gesture to not accept any of it. Mm-hmm. But they would also offer you. But way back in the day, they'd offer you tobacco because that was kind of a status kind of a thing. Like we can afford it, you know. Like, mm-hmm. But now it's slowly morphed into like, let's just smoke a couple joints, see mm-hmm. what happens, you know. But but yeah, that was that was really fun. Yeah, they do smoke quite a bit. Yeah, but and so, I'm not a huge and I'm not a huge smoker. So I was just once I said that it was kind of like I got I was always out of the circle though. But I would always try to be in the circle and like smoke like they would a cigarette. Keep, they keep handing it. To yeah, you. Uh, yeah. They would always try to keep handing it to me because I think that they would always. That's just what they always do. But mm-hmm. but yeah, they did smoke a lot. Alright. I think that concludes Brought our to you by Zigzag Rolling Papers. Heinz <laughs> 57. Heinz 57. And French's mustard. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks.